Jason, do you remember BPI? Oh yeah, Blind LGBT Pride International. They're a special interest affiliate of ACB. Yes, they are the ones doing all these cool things at convention. Yoga, wine tastings, fun parties, as well as other interesting learning activities. Well, guess what they're up to now? Ooh, do tell. They are now having their own show on ACB Radio Mainstream. It's called Pride Connection. That's great. But what if I'm not a part of the LGBT community? No worries. This is a show for everyone. Actually, non-LGBT and non-disabled folks are known as allies, and they are a huge portion of BPI's membership. And in the words of BPI's leadership, everyone is welcome. BPI is proud to offer an open space where you can be yourself. Hmm, so what kinds of topics can I expect from Pride Connection? Fun and relevant topics for everyone, from blindness topics to LGBT education, technology to advocacy, accessibility issues to everyday topics. So when will Pride Connection take place? Every Tuesday at 10 p.m. Eastern. Be sure to tune in so we can all connect, mingle, and learn while having fun. Pride Connection. Join the BPI party every Tuesday at 10 p.m. on ACB Radio Mainstream. Opinions expressed on ACB Radio are those of the respective program contributors and cannot be assumed to serve as endorsements of products or views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. The following program contains topics particular to the LGBTQ plus community. Some discussions may contain mature themes. As such, listener discretion is advised. BPI presents Pride Connection, sponsored by Blind LGBT Pride International. Tuesdays at 10 p.m. Eastern on ACB Radio Mainstream or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey guys, and welcome back to another episode of Pride Connection. I'm your host once again, Will Burley. They didn't chase me off. (laughs) I don't know about you, but I consider that a huge win in my book. Uh, Before we really delve into this week's episode, I just want to take a quick moment to thank those of you that reached out to me, whether that was through email or text or smoke signal, to offer encouragement and to really let me know what last week's episode meant to you. 
If you did listen, you might remember that I was a little bit nervous. Okay. (laughs) I was a lot a bit nervous. (laughs) I was taken way outside of my comfort zone. Um, If any of you know me, you know that I'm a pretty laid back, quiet guy. But I had a, a lot of fun an enjoyable time taking an idea from can we do this? Can this be done all the way through to having a full-fledged show? So I want to thank you and I hope you continue to listen. I hope you have a good time this week and that you get something out of not only this episode but all the episodes in the future. And the ones that you can listen to on ACB radio and on podcast format. So as many of you are already aware, I really am into cultural humility work. Um, That's just the idea of, you know, there's different facets to who we are. You know, the the world looks at us as just disabled. Um, sometimes even within our own community, the blindness and visual, visually impaired community, we just look at ourselves as just being blind or just being vision impaired. But we're so much more than that. You know, we have different gender identities, different ways we identify ourselves, whether some of us are small business owners, some of us are LGBTQIA+, some of us are guide dog handlers. There's different facets to us. We're not just one one picture of what people, and frankly sometimes ourselves, what we've look at ourselves as we're so much more than that we're complex people and that's what cultural humility is all about taking a holistic look at any given person and realizing that all those different things play a role into how we view life our different experiences how we react how we deal with trauma, and frankly, how we deal with happiness and love and and all the things that make life, life. And so in last week's episode, I touched on um, intersectionality when I spoke with Dustin Reinders, who was a supervising attorney at Disability Rights Texas. And so I wanted to expand on what exactly is intersectionality. And I had a chat with Elise Tabor, who I got to meet at um, Bay State Council of the Blinds virtual state conference. We both participated in a panel about ableism. And I just loved Elise's spirit and energy. And so I wanted to talk to her because she also does a lot of work in intersectional issues. 
So that'll be the interview for this week's episode. And you'll have Anthony, who's going to come up and talk about BPI's 21st anniversary programming. I'm really excited about how much we have going on. And even though it's going to be a virtual conference, I get tired just hearing him talk about all the different things that we're going to be doing. It's going to be epic. And then I'm going to end with my thoughts on a particular topic, and I'll save that for later. But I'm glad you stopped by today. And are you ready? Let's get it. I'm here today with Elise Tabor. Hi, Elise. How are you today? I'm doing really well today, Will. Thanks. How are you? Pretty good. It's a good day. I'm just a couple of days from getting my second uh, vaccine shot, so I'm nervous and scared. What? Uh, Hopefully there's no complications. (laughs) Let's hope not. Let's hope not. Mm -hmm. But I'm really excited to be talking to you because we met only, what, a week ago, maybe Mm -hmm. a week and a half. And I was very interested in your story and wanting to learn more about you. And we're both into this intersectional work. And so I was like, I have to talk to her. <laughs> so, so just for our listeners, um, who is Elise? Um, I was a teacher for a few years at, at a school for the blind. And then I became an assistive technology specialist for at a rehab center for adults. I'm a person who is a lot of different things. I'm, I'm blind and trans and polyamorous and gay and so many things neurodivergent in multiple ways and just I'm an intersectional conglomeration (laughs) Um, yeah and aren't we all though yeah aren't we all in truth we are it's interesting how the more labels you find that you can kind of fit under the more you realize that anyone who doesn't seem to have a label really it's they do everybody does we all do we all have labels whether it's the things we like or the things we do it's it's a label everything's a label right so one of the things I noticed about you too was that you seem to have a quiet strength I don't know if that's because we were talking low on the panel we participated in together or Mm. anything like that but where does that inner strength come from for you that's a really good question I'd have to say honestly that if there's anything that I suppose would be identified as that strength I, I have a very strong 
belief that hope is the foundation for everything when it comes down to it. Hope and love, those are kind of from my childhood, those are my two foundational beliefs and foundational emotions that drive humanity and keep us going. And even when I have days where I'm just losing faith in humanity because things are so difficult or dark, I still have that hope because the people around me are so incredible. And I, I cling to it like it's the last handhold on a cliff. I don't let that go mm-hmm. because, you know, in that struggle with depression, I, I know I have to cling to something. And if you're going to hold to anything, why not it be hope? It can never really be taken away. It gets us oh. through a lot. So. I really like that because my two words are empathy and love. And, you know, I always talk about my journey of healing, especially over the past, I keep saying three years, but almost four years, where I had to learn to love myself even more than I did before. Mm-hmm. Have you had anything like that in your life where you just, you know, at one point you were not where you are now? And what mm-hmm. was, what's your journey? Um, so I've, I've struggled with depression for many years. I, you know, I'm a child of divorce and that kind of started it. And then kind of just this disenfranchisement with the world. And I, the one thing that I could never do was love myself. I would love the people around me and give everything I had to them. And, and you know, suicidal thoughts were always kind of just there. Um, never anything I could go forward on, never wanted to. But, you know, I mean, I'm 29, only up until the last few months or, or up in the last few months was when I started this journey of actually learning to be able to say, honestly, I love me. I love myself. I am imperfectly perfect as everybody is, as is every human. And it's, it's really brought about a change to be able to say that and feel the same way about myself as I allow myself to feel about other people. Yeah. If that answers that question or not, but it, it's. Yeah, it does. (laughs) And I'm like, I'm glad I, I talked to you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you have good questions. Like, I, <laughs> I think I, this is great. <laughs> I think we get caught up and I don't, I don't, I'm not sure if this is an American thing or what, but when we go on these journeys and self-fulfilling I don't know what to call it, but we pretend that everything is perfect. And I like the fact that you can say, I'm perfectly imperfect. And that's what everybody is. And I think if more people had that idea, it will make life so much easier. Not perfect, but so much easier. It's this illusion that we're all okay. Um, and it co- really comes back to this, this thing that we all do. Everybody knows it. It's, hey, how are you? Oh, I'm good. How are you? Good, thanks. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. that same uh, rehearsed thing that we just, that sound bite that we spit out every day and every day and every day. And we don't think about it, but 
more often than not, we're, we're lying because something's bothering us or something's different or whatever it's. And it's been taught to us kind of that it's, it's better to say that because we don't want to burden people or people won't understand. And I'm very much a person who struggles with myself, but I've learned to love that. I mean, I have autism and ADHD and only when I learned to harness those things and say, yeah, I'm having a difficult day because I'm stuck on this thing. Like, it's okay to say that. Yeah. So is, is that your, um, the beginning of your journey? Is that what got you into interse- intersectional work? Yeah. It's the identity piece of it that I spent so long having to focus just on blindness because I was working in the, in the blindness field that I was just kind of putting everything else to the side and just being like, oh yeah, it's totally fine. It's nothing's, it's good. Like these are just things. But I realized that I felt very isolated as a blind trans person, blind trans queer neurodivergent person (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. because no one I knew was also like that. Mm. Um, I knew blind people. I knew some queer people, but feeling alone made me feel that need to reach out and try and teach other people what this is like and make sure that there's connection and people don't feel alone ever. (laughs) Yeah. Have you run into any pushback on trying to get people to view not only yourself, but other people as a whole person? Or do you find that people tend to only want to look at one aspect of people? Own. Yeah, it it seems as though the people that I've interacted with have struggled to, if there's one thing about a person that they they either don't understand or they don't like, whatever that is, whether it's mm-hmm. a blindness or, or gender or sexual orientation or whether it's a, a like or dislike, it, we focus on that. People tend to grip that and stick with it. And it's, I find the hardest part is talking about that thing that they don't understand or, or don't, you know, that they're pushing back against and trying to impress upon them. You may not like this thing, or you may not understand this thing and it may bother you, but this is a person you're talking about and you don't have to like it. You don't have to be able to understand it because in truth, you never will, but that's okay. And it's okay to just let people exist it's this thing that we have to validate everybody for them to be able allowed to exist. It's, mm-hmm. it's a struggle. Yeah. That when you said that, that reminded me, reminded me of a conversation I had with my mom years ago. There were years where I was not out to her. We were mm-hmm. very close, uh, but she knew everything about me except the fact that I was gay Mm -hmm. and I hid that from her and so I guess when I got tired of living that lie to her Mm -hmm. like I was out to everybody else except her and my sister and it was very hard for her partly of course because I was gay and who she thought I was had died in her mind. Um, But also the fact that I lied to her 
that's mm-hmm. basically what I did. But then, so I tiptoed around that for a long time. And then I was like, no, it's there. It's what it is. And you just have to acknowledge. I'm not asking for permission. I'm too old <laughs> to ask for permission. <laughs> you just have to acknowledge who I am. And that's that so- kind of sounds like what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Just acknowledge people. You don't have to give permission. Or like you said, you don't have to like it. Mm-hmm. it was it hard for you to get there? Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I think I I struggled with a lot of that concept of people needing to understand each other to make it okay. I struggled with it myself in with people I dated. I struggled with it with a family when I came out with this whole, I need to try and understand it. And it's, mm-hmm. the thing is, is, I'm never going to understand what it's like to be a gay black man in in the U S that's just how it is. Mm -hmm. Another person is never going to understand what it's like to be a trans neurodivergent white woman in the U S but that's so okay Mm -hmm. that it's not even, it's almost not even needed to be said because it's not understanding, it's our empathy, like you pointed out earlier. It's our empathy and our connection as humans that allow us to communicate and exist together and help each other and love each other. And like that's really what matters as opposed to this fight of, is it okay? Do I understand it? Can I allow it? Are there some practical steps that you've gone through with either family, just some simple tips that you could give the listeners, say they have the same thought process that you and I have. It's not about you understanding me. What are some simple tips that helps you get people to that point when they interact with you? I think one of the first things is, is, is learning to listen and not have to say, I understand. It's learning to listen and say, I hear you and I support you because I will never understand. And I want, I wish I could, but Mm. I'm here regardless. Um, So it's, it's listening is first, I think is connecting with people, listening to them, talking to them. I think another is, Focusing on making sure we're okay with ourselves because we really have to be uh, okay with ourselves before we can properly go out and be okay with other people. Because sometimes what happens is things internally affect the external. So learn to love yourself, learn to listen, learn to love and those two honestly will get people really far. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I like learn, that. Listen, love, and live. You know, mm. I mean, three L's. There you go. Even better. It's perfect. <laughs> three L's. Listen, love, and live. Just exist, oh, yeah. and it's going to be okay. Like, yeah. 
And I heard you have a, a reaction <laughs> to when I said that in my mom's mind, who I was had died. Mm. What, what made you have such a reaction to that? My mother expressed something very similar when I came out. Um, it's very it's something, you know, very much of it feels like my son is dead. Or it feels, mm-hmm. you know, my my aunt did something very similar also, very much mm-hmm. like if you're not, if I can't call you my nephew, I don't, I'm, I'm not calling you anything else. Like they've both mm-hmm. been better and come around and my mother's much more supportive and trying really hard. And honestly, that means the world, mm-hmm. but it's the, the knowledge that we are still who we are regardless of what we are you're still you i'm still me mm-hmm. um, and that learning that the person is still there your concept of them might be different mm-hmm. that's really what people are mourning but the person's still there mm-hmm. you still love yeah. them i love that and they grew up I don't know how old your mom is, and don't don't say it on this. <laughs> I, know, she'll, she'll, I don't want her to be upset. She'll call me out. <laughs> but they they grew up in a different time, and I grew up being told there's nothing new under the sun. It was just <laughs> more <Yes>. hidden. <laughs> yep. <laughs> And so because they didn't see these things out in the open, it is new to them. Or, Mm -hmm. you know, it's different when you see it on TV and when you're dealing with it in in your face Mm -hmm. or having to learn to to say, hey, this this is real. I, I always go to the fact I think I told you before, I lost my sight about 12 years ago. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm from Houston, Texas, so it's not a pedestrian-friendly city. Yeah. So I didn't, I knew blind people existed, but I had never seen one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> A beautiful uh, irony in that sentence. <laughs> <laughs> and then yeah. about a week or so before... I really started losing my sight. I saw a blind person. I didn't, they were doing sighted guide to a cab. And I didn't know what sighted guide was at that point. But I'm like, how weird is this? (laughs) Mm -hmm. I'm now having to put this thing that I knew existed logically it's real now. And I think that's what our parents go through. Mm-hmm. And like you said, the, they're dealing with the mourning process of what they thought of you as or what the world says is normal. Mm-hmm. And then they just, the good ones, they try to come around. And a lot of them do, I think. Mm-hmm. A lot of them do. Or even if they don't agree a hundred percent, yeah, it's just about acknowledgement. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm loving this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> and I'm trying to hold my tears back because I, I love having conversations like this. That's why, you know, I didn't come up with any questions necessarily. Yeah. Um, I do too. It's, I, I mean, I can talk for hours on, on this stuff. I, I just, human hmm. nature is an incredibly complex and beautiful thing. And I, I, it's difficult to work with because of that. But at the same time, it's, it's incredibly wonderful. And I, I love talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I would like you to talk a little bit about, I know I mentioned before that we met uh, one another about a week and a half ago. Could you tell the listeners what we were working on? Because I don't want to have to tell it myself. You don't want to do it, Will? Come on. They're going to be like, Will, aren't you interviewing somebody else? (laughs) (laughs) Um, So what we were doing was working with three other people, three other incredible people who, uh, I I don't even know what I'm saying. Um, (laughs) We were working with three other incredible people on putting together a very beginning bit of communication to, um, is it Bay State Council for the Blind? Is that the, the yes. technical term? Okay. I keep mm-hmm. thinking ACB and I just, uh, putting together a introductory panel about ableism. What is it? What is this new word that's coming up a lot? And I can summarize if you like, or um okay sure (laughs) um so we put our various experiences together and all took different topics and you know tried to impress in 45 minutes or less the incredibly vast concept (laughs) of what is ableism and why should we care ableism being essentially discrimination internal or external against ourselves and other people um, in regards to their various abilities to perform daily things, whether it's a person who uh, is blind or a person who is, you know, from a different country. It's this concept of what are we limiting? How are we limiting what people can do Mm -hmm. based on our concepts and perceptions and understandings and especially in the blindness area we can all relate to a lot of different things regarding privilege and things that you know those things that get to us when people do them when they talk to someone else instead of ourselves because they don't think that we can talk or or talking or you know not wanting to allow our service dogs into a certain place or not thinking that we are capable as blind people, obviously being very small examples, but mm-hmm. it's a very broad topic and it's hard to explain in just 45 minutes, never mind a few. I think what was great was everyone had a different perspective and everyone had a different way to communicate the same topic in different ways. And I, I thought it was really incredible to meet. Uh, yeah. I hadn't known you or Sassy before, so it was really nice to to meet all these people and just yeah. dive into this. Yeah, and we're going to be doing some some things in the near future. 
this being the first part of it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'm looking forward to that as well. Um, Me too. But I don't want to hold you up from the important thing in the world or person in the world, which is you. And we're going to be talking a whole lot more. And I think the listeners of Pride Connection will be hearing a lot more from you as well in the coming uh, weeks and months. And I'm just excited to really get to know you, to have our listeners get to know you, and to pick your brain a little bit. Um, today and in the future. And I'm so glad that you agreed to let me talk to you on this chat. Absolutely. Um, I'm so glad to be here. And also, like, feel free, pick my brain. Um, <laughs> and I, I want to get to know you too. You know, it's, it's all about connection. It's about mm-hmm. getting to know each other and these different perspectives. And I'm so glad to be a part of that. So I'm looking forward to picking your brain as well. And uh, having more conversations like this. Yeah, you might go running off, but I'll I'll answer questions for you. (laughs) 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 Thanks so much for uh, doing this interview, Elise. I really appreciate you. Absolutely. I appreciate you too, Will. Thank you so much. Hey, thank you, Will. I got to say, it's interesting being on the contributing side rather than co-hosting. But uh, as our loyal listeners know, Pride Connection Ever Evolving is really embracing all the voices of BPI, all of the ideas and and subjects that we'd like to tackle. So you're going to hear lots of BPI voices in the next couple months. And thank you, Will. Amazing show last week. And I'm really glad you're back to home. Another great interview. So let me get to what I'm actually here to talk about, and that is National Convention. 21 programs in the year 2021 to celebrate 21 years of what was once B-Flag and is now BPI. That's right, folks. We have 21 amazing programs this year for convention, and I want to, you know, touch on Uh, some of the programming. I definitely want to send shout outs to everyone who is involved, who helped plan, who are facilitating. It's, It's definitely ambitious and we're really, really proud of what we're putting forward. So we're bringing back some favorites, of course, and we are definitely diving into some new territory. 21 programs. Let me get started. Friday night, we kick it off with a bang with one of our staples, Wine Conversation with Gabriel. Um, it's been built in the past as Wine Wisdom, but I don't want to give too much away. Gabriel has planned uh, quite a few surprises for us this year with his wine discussion. And uh, let's just say it will be a very welcome twist. <laughs> Later on that evening, of course, we have our Dare to Share which will be by invitation only, and it will be a closed room. It will not be broadcast anywhere. 
Because what happens in Dare to Share stays in Dare to Share. It's our adult, uh, anything goes conversation as long as it's respectful. And, uh, you know, we keep what happens in Dare to Share sacred. Um, on Saturday, we've got some great programming, starting with board member Chris Snyder and Byron Lee, who are going to immerse us in a 3D audio experience. Have a really good set of headphones available because what they're putting together is going to blow your minds. It's going to be great. Later on, new member Raymond is going to give us some self-care, some self-love techniques using aromatherapy, self-massage, and other holistic approaches to reset your mind, body, and soul. And of course, that night is the big BPI Mixer, a virtual birthday party to celebrate 21 years. Uh, All the board members will take their their stab at uh, discussing a little bit about what we've done in the past year, what we're looking forward to. And then we're going to open it up to all BPI members to just hang and mingle, as well as anyone else from ACB who wants to come and celebrate with us. 21 strong years of pride, 21 strong years of advocacy. That brings me to Sunday. And... Um, Board member Leah Gardner and Byron Lee will be back. And if you guys have attended uh, Leah and Byron uh, <laughs> seminar, you guys know how much fun they are. This will be focusing on Clubhouse, TikTok, Instagram, and WhatsApp. Some good tips and tricks on maximizing using the social media sites. Later on, there will be an open conversation based around the first of our two BPI movies. Uh, Sunday is women-centric. It's about uh, a woman, couple, two women in Kenya who are in love. And uh, wow, do they go through it to be able to be in love and be with each other. There'll be an open discussion after the movie. Um, So that is Sunday. On Monday, we are partnering up with Next Generation and Students for a sex and disability seminar. The details of that have not quite been ironed out yet, but um, we are planning to talk about consent and flirting and how to maximize who you are in the dating world. A little bit later on that that day, we're going to have our first of two legal seminars. Both of them are going to be helmed by Mr. Scott Marshall and lawyers from Lambda Legal and um, a project that Will Burley is a part of. So there'll be three lawyers on the panel, um, and this one is protecting your civil rights. Um, Later on that evening, Gabriel will be back with Jason Castingway to share a night of great opera arias. And you don't have to be an opera aficionado to enjoy the music that they're planning on sharing with us. These are... Perhaps the greatest moments in music history, hands down. And uh, I think the two of them are going to present a really fun program. That brings us to Tuesday. And Tuesday is interesting. Um, BPI is embracing our parent organization's uh, newest initiative. Uh, it's going to be a three-year-long initiative about around Get Up and Get Moving. So we decided that we would partner with Strive For You and present self-defense and adaptive sports. 
Both of those programs are being written specifically for BPI and for the convention. Obviously, without hands-on demonstration, we can't really get into complex self-defense, but we can start off with awareness and go through a couple of basic self-defense moves. And Strive for You will be offering other seminars after convention is over around these two topics. Later on that evening, we have the second of our BPI movies. This one is more for the boys. Um, It's a beautiful coming out story. Um, And as far as we know, it is the very first blind gay coming out story. Uh, So hopefully you all will enjoy that movie and and stick around for an an open talking session afterwards as well. On Wednesday, uh, (laughs) Wednesday's a a great day. We're going to go behind the scenes with the boys of audio description. Roy Samuelson, Chris Snyder, uh, Byron Lee, and J.J. Hunt, as well as myself. We're going to talk about bringing, you know, a project from beginning to end from the perspective of audio description using uh, a performance that will be played later on in the day that they wrote, produced, the very first ever drag performance was audio described earlier this year. So we're going to go through all of that. And that will lead into behind the makeup, the art, the history of drag performance. And during that interview with Angel Sheridan, world-renowned drag performer, we will also replay the very first ever audio described drag performance. It's a Disney-themed performance that is not to be missed. It's phenomenal. It's fabulous. It is fantastic. And um, then we will go, this day will seem to be all about um, BPI and Anthony, (laughs) because I will also be hosting with Jason Castingway a night of protest music. And obviously, we'll be talking some civil rights. We'll be talking about gay rights and the music that goes along with that. Artists like Arlo Guthrie and Peter, Paul, and Mary, all the way up to RuPaul and Lady Gaga. There's lots and lots of music to talk about. Thursday, uh, we board member Jessica Kell and Ron will be talking about how to pick the right therapist, what questions to ask, how to feel comfortable, that it's okay if the first therapist that you meet with isn't isn't the one for you. Maybe you need two or three different meetings until you find the right fit. After that, uh, Mr. Scott Marshall will be back with the lawyers with a, a Protect Your Partner seminar. All the things you need to know for medical powers of attorney, property, Uh, And we'll be answering all the questions that you could possibly ask. Uh, We've reached out, like I said, to Lambda Legal and Will has provided uh, some connections. It will be a great program. What am I missing? Oh, man, that's what I'm missing. On uh, Tuesday night as well will be the second of the wine programs. And that's going to be great. It's from grape to glass from a winemaker's perspective. And uh, Dr. Holby Weidler will be giving us some video from an actual vineyard and bringing us all through the process of how grapes become that amazing juice that we love to drink, (laughs) whether it be red, white, or bubbly. 
And that brings me to Friday, where we're going to close out our programming with a dual wine makers and wine drinkers perspective. Gabriel and Holby will be answering all of our questions and talking about wine from the various perspectives. So there's some other programming in there, but those are those are the highlights. And uh, we are really, really looking forward to this year's national convention. Some hard work has really put has really gone into to put this programming together. And I hope everybody out there listening can, you know, join us for as many, if not all of the sessions and help us ring 21 years in the year 21 with 21 programs. So, Will, I'm going to throw the show back to you. You're doing a great job, buddy. Thank you so much. And uh, I may or may not be back next week on Pride Connection, but definitely keep listening every Tuesday night at 10 p.m. or in your favorite podcast catcher under ACB Pride Connection. really hope you guys have been enjoying this week's episode of Pride Connection. I had such a good time putting it together and having the chance to sit and chat with Elise on intersectionality issues. A special thanks goes out to Anthony as well for going through the schedule for BPI's summer convention and our 21st anniversary We're going to have such a good time this summer, and like I said earlier, I'm already tired just listening to him talk about what all we're going to do. It's going to be epic. But before I leave for this week, I want to talk about something that's also very important to me, but at the same time, not so exciting to talk about and that is relating to the murder case for George Floyd that happened on May 25th, 2020 when he lost his life as you guys know recently Chauvin was found guilty on all three counts for George Floyd's murder and I'm I'm very conflicted about how I'm feeling. On one hand, I'm elated with the fact that George Floyd's family has gotten justice. But on the other hand, I'm saddened because this case is not the norm. I think the only reason we got to this point was the fact that there was a young girl that was 17 years old at the time that had the fortitude to take out her phone and to stand there and record over nine minutes of a man losing his life. 
this young girl has been traumatized and all the people that were standing there watching a man lose his life. And I can't be excited about that. Not at all. And like I said, I'm I'm glad that the family has received justice and I'm glad that even though this is not the norm, there are more and more police officers that are not doing their duty in protecting and serving everyone. But at the same time, within an hour of the verdict, another man of color lost his life due to an interaction with the police in the same state only a few miles away. And within a couple of days of the verdict, six other men of color lost their lives due to interactions with the police. And this is not to mention how many trans women of color lose their lives every day when dealing with not only police but random people out there in the world. This is not a time for celebration. This is a time for action. So, I want to encourage you to not sit idly by. There are many states, specifically Republican-led legislatures across the country that are passing laws every day that are continuing to protect police that do not deserve protection. There are legislatures across the country that are making it illegal and discriminating against trans women from living their lives in many facets, whether they're school age or adults. This is not the time to sit idly by. Whether you want to protest, do that. Whether you want to write to your state politicians, do that. Whether you just want to talk to people in your small circle of friends, do that. But again, this is not the time to sit idly by. Because every time that we think it's somebody else, at some point, it's going to be us. Whatever that us is for you. Whether you're a person of color, whether you're a trans person, whether you're a person that is within the communities of LGBTQIA+, whether it's the community of blind and visually impaired, whether you're a person of color or a person that is poor and your voting rights 
are being trampled upon in 43 states across the country it's going to be you at some point and look we don't have to agree on how we stop sitting idly by we can disagree on how we want to approach that but none of us can afford to just sit there and allow our rights to be trampled upon over and over and over again because we keep thinking it's not me it's them at some point there's gonna stop being them and it's going to be you so sit and figure out how you can become active and do your part in protecting the rights of everyone and just like Ada Edwards said no one can do everything but if everyone did something everything would get done it's up to you thanks for joining me this week and I hope to see you soon you can make that change bye now Thank you for listening to the show. We'd like to invite you to send any comments, questions, or just join our conversation. Email us at membership at blindlgbtpride.org. That's membership at blindlgbtpride.org. And join our conversation. You have been listening to Pride Connection, sponsored by Blind LGBT Pride International. For more information, go to blindlgbtpride.org. Yeah.